Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to More Than Amused podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello, everyone. Welcome to More Than Amused podcast. My name is Sadie. I'm Stani, and happy birthday, Sadie. <laughs> happy birthday. More Than Amused, we are officially three years old. Wow, three years. I dare I pat us on the back and say that is impressive. I'm very proud of us. Me too. We've learned about so many women. And every year we have a tradition of what we do to celebrate, which is essentially a yearly recap, of course, to remind us of all the women we've covered. But we turn it into a bit of a trivia game to see if we can remember who the other people covered. So if you are listening right now, I'm going to encourage you to still listen because either one, you have listened to a lot of our year's podcast and then you get to play two. Or two, if you haven't listened, you'll at least get a little snippet of every single person and their story that we have covered in the last year to, I don't know, give you a sneak peek of what you could go learn about what is out there. So, you know, maybe it'll pique your interest in a certain episode to go learn more about, you know, a woman without having to just sift through all the hours of content that it would be <laughs> if you don't feel like listening to all of it right now. Definitely. I feel like one of the comments we get the most is that a lot of people will just go to names that they recognize because then they at least know a little bit going in on what the episode's going to be about. Yeah. Totally understandable. Obviously, the whole point of this podcast, though, is that we want to cover a lot of people that you've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why I personally love this episode, because I think it's a good, like, reader's digest, listener's digest, you know, mm -hmm. for all of our episodes, as well as, like, we were talking about how the first, like, year, and even last year, I'd say, like, we had a pretty good grasp on every single person that we've covered yeah. this year. We've learned about so many people. I've edited so many episodes. We've done 160, 170 episodes yeah. at this point. Like they are blurring together. <laughs> yeah. So we're not going to do as well. And it's like around. even the people that I had researched, I was <laughs> like, I don't know the answer to this question. And that upsets me. I know it's it'll be a good reminder for the both of us as well to pay homage to the women that we've covered. Before we dive into it, though, I just had to like comment on this because, you know, last week we talked about the female equivalent of the Roman Empire. My Roman Empire this week has been Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. <laughs> Listen, I was I was debating if I was going to mention it while recording that Taylor Swift is currently at her second Chiefs game right now. I just got home from a co-write and for the first time in my entire marriage, I came home to Jordan watching a football game <laughs> what? and I'm literally, I'm not saying he's doing it just because of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, but I've been a lot more pro football 
the last week and a half. And he was like, you know, I should start watching football. That's a fun thing to watch. So it's infiltrating my life. Okay, same for so many reasons. So first (laughs) off, last year, Travis and Jason Kelsey were in the Super Bowl. So a bunch of podcasts Mm -hmm. I listened to were covering the fact that it was like a brother playing a brother, which I mean, the whole reality TV show of that, of course, I'm invested. Of course. Yeah. So we're like introduced to the characters, you know, (laughs) plus they have a podcast together, which I was like, cute, you know, that's wholesome. I love it. Yes. Then Taylor Swift shows up at the Chiefs game. And I also just so happened to be on a fantasy football survivor league this year. Yes, I remember my best friend's husband's really into it. Um, I'm still going strong. (laughs) Bravo. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, the week that I picked the Chiefs mm-hmm. just so happened to be the week that Taylor Swift shows up at their game. Can we talk about? That's, that is amazing. Yes. So, I'm so happy I for also you. have purchased a sweatshirt that says NFL Taylor's version <laughs> because they changed their Twitter bio mm-hmm. to say NFL Taylor's version put her and Mama Kelsey up in the little banner image, which, by the way, is the first time in history that the NFL has ever featured an artist on their page. It's incredible. It's so it really good. Is. <laughs> and I actually think that this could really work for her. Okay, so you are you are a truther. Like you think they could actually? I really do. do. I've been thinking about it a lot, and I think like all of her past relationships, they've been very like threatened by Mm. her. Mm -hmm. And especially with Joe Alwyn, I think like he was always trying to like hide their relationship, which in some ways made it seem like he wasn't proud to be with her because of like how famous she was. Yeah, true. And Travis, say what you will, but he's thrilled. He's. He's thrilled. That is so true. (laughs) And he's not shy about it, but like all of their team members are like respecting the privacy and he's Mm -hmm. never going to be threatened by her in that way because like he knows that she's the best. The best. But he's the best in his thing and those things don't cross very often. (laughs) No. I actually, I I think it could really, really work. I'm here for it, to be honest. I've had people be like, there's no way it's real. Let me live in my fantasy. It is truly the plot of the best like rom-com novel ever. Right. A pop star and like one of the biggest football players right now meeting together. Yeah. And dating. Which by the way, I have to mention someone wrote like a really crappy self-published romance novel about it that everyone ripped to pieces in a matter of seconds and like it got taken off the internet. Oh, So don't do that. Yes. I I'm very I'm very for it as well to be honest I'm here for yeah. it I think it's a nice a nice little thing I agree I saw this TikTok today too talking about the fact that they're like listen on paper Travis Kelsey is everything you wouldn't like he's like a white jock kind of has like a you know not a goofy energy but like <laughs> it's kind of has like a dumb <laughs> energy to him no mm-hmm. offense I mean that affectionately yeah um but they talked about the fact that like literally the tight end position is someone who knows when it's their turn to be the star aka the person to catch the ball and when their job is to support and like is there truly right? a better role to be yeah. with someone like Taylor Swift. Plus, there's the whole like lyric that's going around. I'm sure you've seen where it's like the I'll be 87, you'll be 89. And that's his number. And like, obviously, 89 is hers. Or the fact that he's her 13th boyfriend. 
I did not. I'm telling you, Sadie, it is my Roman Empire. <laughs> That's so fair. I am honestly, even before this all happened with Taylor Swift, there's a Netflix documentary called Quarterback that like follows the lives of three quarterbacks for a year and just does a documentary about them. I was watching it before this all craziness happened with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And just watching the documentary, I was like, you know what? I get the football thing. Mm -hmm. And then because of what has happened with Travis Kelsey and Taylor, I watched the documentary on Amazon Prime about Jason Kelsey. Jason, right. That's his brother. I have never in my life been this invested in sports. I know. Same. (laughs) In the NFL period. Same. Um, Yeah, I'm here for it. I am. I really I'm like, okay, okay, you've got me. You have me invested. There's so much more. I have all these little tidbits we could go on for hours about this whole thing, but anyone who is out there who is also invested in this, um, you are so welcome just to send us anything that you might feel about this. Sorry mm-hmm. if you are not in the Taylor Swift universe and you don't care. I I care. I care so I much. I care very much so. And this apparently has also made me invested in football. Like, before this started, I just checked the 49ers score because they were my pick for this week. And <laughs> I, I'm through again, guys. No, literally. <laughs> I got home and I saw the football game. I was like, oh my gosh, were all the Chiefs winning? And he was like, yes. And I was like, yes. And then I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I have yet to, like, actually sit down and watch a game. So we'll see yeah. if we get to that point. But, like... Same, but I was happy that the Chiefs won. That yeah. were, the Chiefs were winning this game. So and I'm far. checking scores. This is a new level. <laughs> Listen, I almost would argue that checking scores is more invested than just sitting and watching the game. Because a lot of people will just passively watch a football game on a Sunday True. night. But to go and check the scores, like I have to know if I made know. it. Are the, you said the 49ers are winning? They won. We're oh, good. Done. So you're on to the next week. Yep, we are. Bravo. Or maybe they're in the final, but they won. It's 35 to 16. Oh, yeah, they won. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Excellent. I think that's it for now, but I just had to mention it at some point because everyone here knows we are Taylor Swift fans. We are Taylor Swift fans. So obviously that's all I've been thinking about for the past week. All right. Well, without any further ado, should we start our quiz? Let's do it. Let's do it it all right so the first person today is someone that we covered of course at this point a year ago is still actually one of my favorite women that i've had the pleasure of covering on the podcast which is maya angelo and so my first question for you is do you know the name of the first autobiography that like made her famous like the big book of hers by maya angelo is it the like i know why the caged bird sings yes ding 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 Woo! <laughs> you got it. Yeah, good job. You remembered it. It's I know okay, why the cage bird sings. I was about to say the color purple, and then I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> not her. Um, but yes, the I know why the cage bird sings. I read that in preparation for the episode. It was a great book. So anyone out there who hasn't read it, recommend it. Okay, our first one is Angel Decora, and this can this is kind of a loose question so feel free to answer loosely (laughs) but i'm ready what traumatic and yet not unusual event for the time happened to angel decor when she was really young i'm thinking okay if i'm remembering right she got very sick or her family got very sick 
that's might have wrong. happened later, but no. <laughs> Dang it. It's so loud. <laughs> it is so loud. I love it. But she was kidnapped at oh, a young age. Yes. It was that time period in American history where they were kidnapping all of the Native American children, especially the women, and sending them off to, like, white schools. Yes. And it was okay. literally, quote, unquote, to educate Indian girls in the hope that women trained as good housewives would help their mates assimilate. Yes, I remember that now. Yeah. Horrible. Very horrible. I think she did get sick later. I, I don't think know. you're right, too. I was, like, trying to remember. I was like, I, there probably definitely was. That's why I was like, ugh. <laughs> But yeah, a little no, bit more traumatic than getting sick. Next person is Shirley Booth, who's an actress. Ooh. So the blank, so fill in the blank. The blank is a term used in the American in- entertainment industry to describe actors who have won a competitive Academy Award, Emmy Award, and Tony Award in the acting categories. Triple crown. Yes, the triple crown of acting. Woohoo! Shirley Booth. She wasn't the f- very first woman, but she's one of the first few women who reached that, I guess, status of having yeah. the triple crown of acting. That makes sense. I only remember that one because it's in the title of the episode. <laughs> so, there you go. I was going to say, if, if this continues, I get all your questions wrong and you get all mine right, that's not a good sign, but we <laughs> yeah. will see how this goes. That's okay. Okay, Grandma Moses. Mm-hmm. So after an art collector found her work in a local drugstore and then she was given her solo exhibition, mm-hmm. she displayed something besides the artwork that she had made at her show. People joked she was more proud of it than the artwork. Would you like a hint? Please. It's edible. Okay, I actually was going to guess bread first mm-hmm. and foremost. Pretty much so uh, okay and, and i just wanted to be on record i was gonna guess bread before the clue. no you're good it's close it <laughs> what was is her, it? i don't remember her baked goods and preserves that she won oh. prizes for at the county fair yes which is oh. so cute and wholesome mm-hmm. i had to make it the question even though it i is, knew it would be a little hard it is the best yes i remember yeah. that now what is it better like an old lady with her right? artwork but also being like but try my breads and jams <laughs> i know it's so cute i i love it okay isadora duncan is best known as the mother of what modern dance yeah <laughs> yay that was an easy one <laughs> you could have made them a little harder than episode titles <laughs> yeah dang i'm realizing that that's okay my next ones are not are not the okay. opposite type. <laughs> it was kind of hard with hers because there was so much like in her life that was just like really tragic. Yeah. So I was like, I don't really want to make the ooh fun quiz. What is this <laughs> traumatic event? I mean, with that the one that you did. One. I know, but that one's like pretty relevant to her story. I feel, That's true. and I don't know everything with this. It's like what horrible disease did she yeah, have? Yeah, I definitely have a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well I'm ready. I'm excited. <laughs> cool. Oh, this is about Elizabeth and Vigie Lebrun. Okay. Cool. In early France, there were three women who were like the it girls, the trendsetters, known as the three women of taste. Yes. Obviously, Elizabeth Vigie Lebrun was one of them. Mm-hmm. Can you name one of the other two? Okay. Marie Antoinette. But also, yes. I do know that the other one was the dressmaker. Yes. And I Good can't job. remember her name, though. That's okay. I, I That's why I said one, because okay. I was like, you're mm-hmm. not going to remember her name. I didn't. It's Rose Burton. But yes, okay. she was the dress designer. Oh, I should have guessed anyways, because I was going to say, I think it's something Burton, because after we 
had that episode, I like wrote her down in my notes of like a future woman to cover. Oh, so whenever cool. I pull up that note, I do see Burton. Yeah. But Rose Burton. I, I didn't remember mm-hmm. that. Okay. So now we're talking about Florence Price. Um, so there was a lost symphony that was found. Do you remember where it was found? In an abandoned house. Yes. Yes. That is one of the craziest stories to this it's, day that we've talked about. It is my absolute favorite one. But yeah, in yeah. 2009, in an abandoned home in Illinois, they found the manuscripts that ended up being one of her symphonies, a lost symphonies of hers. So insane. They're just mm-hmm. like, here's a whole symphony in this I know. really gross abandoned home. Literally. It's my favorite yeah. as well. Had to make that the question just Love for it. that reason. That is the craziest story ever. Okay. Okay. Elizabeth Hobbs Keckley. Yes. So what presidential household was Keckley the personal dressmaker for? The Lincoln household. Yes. Yay. Specifically think, Mary Todd Lincoln. But Yes, you know. Mary Todd. Yeah. I think we're being nice to each other this time around with some of these <laughs> questions because we knew we would struggle with the weird Okay, if like I can't even answer them, then I was like... I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to make you do it. We've got to go a little easier. It's been a busy okay. year. <laughs> totally. Okay, so Rita Moreno. Do you remember what role she won her Oscar for? Oh, for her first Oscar. Was it West Side Story? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, good. Yes, it was Anita from the West Side Story. I got nervous. I was like, she did a lot of stuff. She did so many things, and yep, she got her very first Oscar from that. She was up against Judy Garland. She thought Judy Garland would take it. Right. Nope, she got it for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, next one is Vivian Meyer. What was Meyer's actual day job? She was a nanny. Yes. Yay. Although I wanted to put these numbers in here again because every time I read it, it blows my mind. So she was a nanny. Obviously, she was a photographer as well, though. And she ended her life with what is estimated to be 100,000 to 150,000 negatives, more than 3,000 vintage prints, hundreds of rolls of film, home movies, audio tape interviews, and a fair amount, including cameras and paperwork. That's incredible. Like, for not a career photographer, she sure took a lot of photos. (laughs) Yeah, so many. I guess being a nanny just provided her with the freedom to just go explore things with that's why she loved it okay this next one might be a tricky one i don't know so mary quant queen of the 60s -hmm. what is the logo for the mary quant brand it's a daisy yay you didn't think i would remember you're right you're right you would know the branding (laughs) that was just the one that wasn't like an obvious thing about them it was more like a (laughs) side note in the episode no you're Um, good but yes it's a daisy that has become the brand's icon that was born from the doodles of a young Mary Quant, 60s queen, inventor of the miniskirt. Mm -hmm. It is very adorable. Hold on, this sound effect is being stupid. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Ding, ding. Okay, this is another traumatic one, but, you know. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, so Edmonia Lewis. While attending her prestigious college, she was accused of committing a crime against two classmates. What was it? Poisoning them? Yes. Ha-ha. That's a sad thing to be right about, but yes. No, no, no. No. I remember that. What? It was crazy. What kind of artist was she again? A sculptor? Sculptor. Okay. But yeah, they like accused her of poisoning them. There wasn't enough evidence, so they didn't convict her. But then it got so bad at school afterwards, they kept accusing her of like stealing things. 
and like aiding and abetting burglaries Mm. and people were like taking her away in street corners and open fields and like beating her it was really messed up that is yes she left but i just thought it was such a crazy story like how can you just accuse a random person of of poisoning Poisoning? you yeah very intense my next one is maria Callas. so her musical and dramatic talents led her to being nicknamed fill in the blank do you remember what her nickname was opera singer i know they called her like a prima donna but that wasn't the nickname no it wasn't was it like you are right about that no oh but no no what was it the right answer is la divina which is the divine one Oh, okay, that's but right. But you were right that she was called a prima donna and then there was that one picture where people called her a tigress because she was like snarling yeah. at the camera. But she was the divine one because Which of her so musical ability. Which is so much prettier than <laughs> it is. tigress yes. or prima uh-huh. donna. <laughs> that one she was deserving of, for sure. Yeah. Okay, Mary Jewett Pritchard. So mm-hmm. how did Pritchard save Siapo or the traditional Samoan art of like cloth weaving printing? It, you can answer like loosely again. Like I left this a little open-ended. She's known as like saving it. So like yeah. how? I mean, I feel like there is something specific that I'm not remembering. But like the only thing I can think of is like teaching it to people. But I can't remember anything specific beyond that. Aha! <laughs> I kind of left it open-ended because there was like two ways that she did it. I mean, both of them helped. So it was good with either. One of them was like she started the exporting business. So they like shipped them and paid women to make them. And so they were like paying 20 women on their payroll, $30 a month to like make these traditional Samoan crafts. Mm -hmm. So obviously that like saved it. That's what really did it. But then after the war, I'd say at an even more critical time because there was no exported goods anymore. That's Mm -hmm. when she like taught it. So she wrote books, appeared on television, spoke regularly and taught about it so she saved it twice but i think the biggest deal one was where she was like exporting it out and sending it to that like to yeah people and things. it was a really big deal and like paying women to do it that one was mm-hmm. incredible i love when we hear about like women starting businesses to pay other women to like help do all of it it's really cool yeah i i love it i agree um okay this next one is juna barnes so what was the name of her book as described as one of the three great prose books ever written by a woman um, also called one of the great books of the 20th century and was number 12 on a list of the top 100 gay books compiled by the publishing triangle in 1999 oh do you, darn it do you remember the name of her book i know we compared it a ton to sex in the city i don't oh. remember the title aha so you're actually confusing that with Ursula Parrott. Oh, shoot. Which is the next person I'm going to do. This is, <laughs> I did two authors in a row, so yeah. that's fair. Um, yeah. But this is Juna Barnes, and her book was called Nightwood. She mm. is She was like in Greenwich Village in New York, wrote a lot of her books based off of her own personal life as well. So it's okay. very fair that you got those two mixed yeah, up. Yeah, I'm like, man. I think Juna Barnes was just like, a couple like decades before or maybe even the same time period was ursula parrot though she was french so actually i think they were pretty much in the exact same time period because oh. ursula parrot's book was in 1929 nightwood was published in 1936 um juna barnes was the one who was in france not ursula parrot oh so, okay 
Wow, yep. I've gotten those really confused. <laughs> no, that's fair. Like I said, I covered two authors from the same time period two months in a row. So <laughs> all good. good. We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. Okay, so for my spotlight today, I am not necessarily shouting out a smaller unknown artist, but I am shouting out someone that I am newly so obsessed with. Maybe not even newly because she's been doing music for a while. And anyways, her name's Chapel Roan. And she just put out her album, I think this last week. The Rise and Fall of a Midwest Princess. The Rise and Fall of a Midwest Princess. Are you kidding me? I've loved her music for a long time when she's just been releasing singles. And I love this album. It is so good. Everything she does with her artistry, like, I don't know, like the way she styles herself Mm -hmm. for her shows coming up. She has a theme that she assigns to different shows and encourages her audience members to dress up like she really creates a safe space in her concerts and in her communities and like just is so thoughtful. And yes, I'm obsessed with all of it. What I love about it. So like, I listen to my Spotify, like, Discover Weekly pretty regularly, and then I'll, Mm -hmm. like, add songs onto my playlists, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I had all these songs by her that I loved, but I wasn't, like, looking at the artist's name that much, you know, Mm -hmm. but I had, like, all of them independently on my playlist. I love that. For months, like, as each single released, it would show up on my radio, and I would add it, and then finally, there was one moment, I think it was because... I went to send you the Red Wine Supernova song because it mentions Bridget Bardot. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then I looked back and I realized I have been listening to Chapel Roan all year. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't realize it. (laughs) Yes. And just hadn't realized like I kind of realized it was the same person, but I hadn't like thought about it. And then it was Mm -hmm. like right as her album came out too. Yeah. And I scrolled through and I was like, I've heard all of these songs i know know every word to all of these songs Mm -hmm. and then i actually am super mad because i was gonna try and go to her concert here in utah and i got (sighs) the days mixed up and so the day that i went to go buy tickets was the day she was in town so i'm really sad because i didn't get to see her Mm. um and she's touring with olivia rodrigo but not in utah and i didn't get tickets for that anyway but hopefully the next time she comes around, I'll get to go to one because she just seems so fun. And I love the idea of themed concerts and I'm obsessed with her music, mm-hmm. the production and everything. It's just it's so good. Yeah. So I am on that club as well. Yeah. I just had to shout her out. If you're not listening yet, just go. Yes. I The day after the album came out, I had to write the next day and I got there and I was like listening to her album is just like making me feel so confident and like making me feel cool just listening to the music that I just want to write a song about feeling hot and feeling cool and yeah. now it's like one of my favorite songs I've written in a while so I love that shout out to Chaperone no her stuff is so fun incredible artist doing incredible things absolutely I think her and like Maisie Peters Olivia mm-hmm. Rodrigo and Taylor Swift those are like my your genre of music i love that where it's like taylor swift's probably the most low-key out of them when it comes to like she's got some more mellow stuff mm-hmm. but the rest of them it's kind of like that rock punk yeah vibe that's mm-hmm. that's my jam okay i found the cutest little artist on instagram her name on instagram is happy clouds and trees happy name. clouds and trees i mm-hmm. love that Her name is Lindsay, and what I love about her bio is it says, Artist Illustrator of Ghosts. Excellent. And that's what it is. 
just illustrations of ghosts she also has done these little like animations of ghosts like raking leaves oh adorable (laughs) it's so cute you guys like i am obsessed they're adorable it's just like all these little ghosts doing things in the fall and i just think it's the perfect time of year to have some cute little paper ghosts on your feed I'm following them on my personal account right now. It's not enough for so me glad. to to just be following them on the More Than a Muse account. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I love it so much. I think stop me stop motion animation is so underrated too, and I like cannot understand how people do it. But I'm obsessed. Anyway, well, definitely thank you for sharing with me. Um, one more person I wanted to shout out really quick, just because I've shouted her out before, but she's doing incredible things. Mm-hmm. and she's such a halloween creator but she's been doing it all year and i love it um she's a tiktok creator her name is bv key and um she's got this crazy series right now that's like not your normal kids show with this character named like dotty and mm. <laughs> there's like some weird surrealism creepy stuff going on where like it's catching on really fast and it's becoming really popular and she's like transmitting messages and like morse code to people and like flashing messages across the screen and it's like this spooky little series Mm -hmm. and she's just so creative and her special effects makeup is insane so i've talked about her before but she's just like really blowing up on here and if you're into that stuff like definitely go check her out all right now back to the show well, apparently we were stuck on Greenwich Village for a minute there because I we also were. am there <laughs> mm-hmm. um, with Connie Converse. Yeah. Um, how was Connie rediscovered after her disappearance? Yes, from a radio show. Someone played her music. It was the same person who originally had discovered her. And then someone was listening. And because of that, they decided to produce and like promote that album again. Yay! Yes. It's- <laughs> That's my favorite story that we covered this whole it's year. It's so good. So incredible. Mm-hmm. Love, love Connie Converse. Together. So now Ursula Parrott. Um, how many copies of the ex-wife sold? Do you remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like a million. Okay, well, it was 100,000 in nine editions, <laughs> okay. which is still pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm bad at number questions. That's I'll probably never get one fair. of them, right? <laughs> Okay, I had to bring in Taylor Swift again. I'm ready. Yeah. So Beatrix Ferrand, she designed gardens for two of America's richest families in American history. One of them's featured actually in a Taylor Swift song. (gasps) Can you name the two famous families? Okay. Harkness. Rebecca Mm -hmm. Harkness. Do you know the other one? Just Um, think like American rich. I'm thinking Kennedy's. But I don't think that's right. A little less presidential. Oh, um, Rockefeller? Yes. You got Ha-ha. it. Yes. So technically the Harkness summer home that she created the garden for was for Mary and Edward Harkness that were like the in-laws of Rebecca Harkness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's still Harkness. So it It's counts. still Taylor Swift adjacent. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one was the Rockefeller Estate in Sail Harbor, Maine, as well as the Peggy Rockefeller Rose Garden in the New York Botanical Gardens. Talk about so cool. American elite. Amer- <laughs> truly American elite. Yep. 
Um, okay, so this next one is, I'm going to just do two questions at the same time because it was when I talked about Mary Clayton and Darlene Love and background singers. So the first question is, do you remember the name of the girl group that Darlene Love was the lead singer of? The Supreme? <gasps> no. Darn it. I know, but... <laughs> Fair, though, that you got it confused with the Supremes. It was actually the Blossoms. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then the Mary Clayton is, do you remember the name of the song that Mary Clayton, like, most famously sings on? It's the Christmas one. That's Darlene Love. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> so, so, kind of. Um, Mary Clayton did Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. Oh, Okay. <laughs> What's the Christmas song by Darlene Love? Baby, please come home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. <laughs> and honestly, we talked a lot. I think maybe even more on the episode about that song because we both <laughs> like immediately like, oh yeah, that song. So, yeah, that's fair. Nice. That you mixed. Okay, Alice Guy Blanche. Blanche. I don't remember how I said her name. What was the subject of her first film, which was basically the first narrative film ever, and it's super weird. Oh, I don't remember. Because the first thing I'm thinking of is like, I know originally like they were making like instructional videos for something mm -hmm. and then it led to a narrated thing. But I, I don't remember. That's I'm, okay. I got it wrong. It's the fairy of the cabbages. <gasps> oh, yeah. It's like the babies <laughs> coming out of the cabbages. Yes. It I was so now. strange. I just... It is so strange. Yeah, and they used like a real baby. That's even stranger, but you know what? Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, like my mom asked me after, she was like, do you think that's where Cabbage Patch Kids come from? And I'm kind of I'm thinking <gasps> probably. Probably. Yeah, or at least whatever came before that that she made the film from. Like, is there some myth where babies are born out of cabbages? <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Okay, so well, now we have to go research where Cabbage Patch Girls came from. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe. The Cabbage maybe. Fairy. Okay, this next one is Bridget Bardot. So this one can be open-ended too. I have a couple right answers here. But what is Bridget Bardot famous for popularizing? Oof, so many things. Okay, this one's going to be easier because I just did this. Mm -hmm. Winged eyeliner, bikinis, mm -hmm. the neckline. Yep. The pose. Yep. The beehive hairstyle. Yep. Great job. And Saint-Tropez. Aha! That was all of the ones I had. Amazing. Bonus points for getting all of them. It's because I made an Instagram post about them. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay. Um, Marisol Escobar. Yeah. We did this one pretty recently, too. So she was associated with nine different artistic movements. Can you name one of them? Shoot. <laughs> um, Sculpting? No. <laughs> Dang. You covered an artist who was a part of one of them. Dada? No. That's one. Oh, okay. That wasn't uh -huh. the one I was talking about. But that's I know one it wasn't the one you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. What was the one you were talking about? Pop art. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Pop art. Yeah. But you got it. Cool. The rest Thank were you. arts and craft movement, folk art, Ashcan school, Dada, surrealism, abstract expressionism, pop art, and new realism, and op art. So. Cool. Yeah. So all of the above. Many, <laughs> so cool though. Okay, this one is Dickie Chappelle. So we're going back a couple months ago. This one we did back in July, and I'm just gonna plug it because we had the author of that the was book. Such a good interview. First to the front, 
where we talked about Dickie Chappelle, who was a photographer, a war photographer during World War II, the Vietnam War. It's an incredible episode and book. So please go check it out. Like I said, we talked directly to the author about it and it was, it's one of my favorite episodes we've literally ever done. Okay, so what was her first job or like the story that kind of broke her as a journalist? I know she was like helping out at air shows and then like one of them crashed and she ran and called the newspaper and like reported it. I don't remember what she was doing at the air shows though. No, no, no. I think she did go specifically to get a story and it was, yeah, a Cuban air show disaster that she submitted to the New York Times that got her noticed so crazy you could just like Mm -hmm. call the new york times get me the new york times on the phone i know (laughs) i think that's how you eventually become a reporter is just being there and taking the pictures but yeah that's how that's what prompted her to move to new york city and was the beginning of the rest of her career she's Mm -hmm. also a very prominent part of the horrible husbands club (laughs) (laughs) you know what we should like create a graphic of all of the people we've covered that like have particularly horrible husbands and yeah, make it the horrible husbands club. <laughs> so sad. It is but very it sad. it happens way too often. Mm-hmm. But a reminder that there are quite a few that are like really good too. Yeah. But so we'd, we'd have to do the counter opposite and say like there's the good husbands club. But there are the good husbands. But the horrible ones are just outstandingly awful. <laughs> Outstandingly. <laughs> Okay, this next one is also an older episode. Um, The Spice Girls. Yes. So do you remember how they got their iconic nicknames? Oh, it was a magazine that just kind of gave them the names and they ended up sticking, right? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's literally as simple as that. They liked to come up with funny nicknames and so they just did it. And then they started getting calls from all the other press asking if they could use them. But if we want to get like more specific, they chose Posh Spice for Victoria because she was wearing Gucci. Emma had picked pigtails in her hair and was sucking a lollipop, so they called her Baby Spice. Mel C was like leaping around in a tracksuit the whole time, so they called her Sporty Spice. Mel B was Scary Spice because she was really shouty. And then Jerry was Ginger Spice because of her hair. So it was just like off the cuff very simple and now it's legendary now it's legendary i love it this is barbie (laughs) the best movie of the year the best and one of another favorite episode was learning all about barbie to prepare for the movie do you remember the year that the barbie doll was invented slash released like 1959 did i get it right Mm-hmm. wow i'm so glad i got that right <laughs> like one year before the 60s mm-hmm. okay yep. this is another really fun one that also is at the beginning of the year and shall i say underrated had a hopper in luella parsons <gasps> yeah mm-hmm. that was a fun one they yes. were like gossip columnists that feuded against each other but there was one famous film that fed the feud between the two of them and made it even <sighs> worse and i remember you talked about this Dang. So do you remember the film? It's one I of did those like, famous it. like film bro films. I don't remember. I did talk about it. I remember. I honestly completely forgot about this episode until this moment. So That's it okay. shows it truly is so underrated because even <laughs> I as a host forgot about it. And now that you bring it up, it is actually one of my favorite stories we've covered. It was clear back at the beginning of the year. Like I want to say mm-hmm. like February probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was February. So it was a long time ago. So <clears throat> I don't remember. But it's okay. It's Citizen Kane. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ah. 
Yes. Which is crazy. It was rumored to be inspired by William Randolph Hearst's life. So mm-hmm. Hopper was criticizing the film, but then later on Parsons sided with Hearst. I don't know, like got this huge thing and they were like really mad at each other about it. And Luella Parsons took it really personally and Hopper saw it as a business rivalry, but they were never the same. Dang. That's a well, good one. Everyone go listen to that one if you haven't yet. It is. It is a really, again, genuinely, mm-hmm. I did forget about it, but favorite episode, period. Top t- Top 10 maybe yeah i don't know it's definitely up there it's hard to do top 10 when we've done 180 (laughs) true (laughs) but it's up there (laughs) it is very much up there okay so this is my last one and it's also a sneak peek for the episode that i will be doing later this month in preparation for our more than amuse murder mystery is that what we're calling it murder murder i think i did yeah murder mystery month yeah murder mystery month and we're talking about nancy drew And so this is basically just a true or false question because obviously we haven't done the episode yet. But anyways, so true or false, Nancy Drew, which is a fictional character in a slew of books, movies, whatever. But the books are actually ghostwritten by a number of authors and published under the collective pseudonym Carolyn Keene. True or false? I mean, true. Yes. (laughs) That one's easy. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I know that one. (laughs) Yep, you do. Which is like the reason why we picked it. So yes, true. It's actually a pseudonym. Carolyn Keene is not a real person, but there is a real author that they actually mostly were written by a woman. So hooray. We'll we'll learn all about her. Yeah, we'll learn more about her later this month. My last one is also a sneak peek, but mine's a little sooner. It's next week. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. But Agatha Christie, I did kind of a little bit of a harder one, but just because I feel like it's a really good introduction. And I think you can guess, but if you can't, it's okay. Okay, But anyway, um, what Guinness Book World Record does Christie hold? What is she famous for again? (laughs) She's an author. She wrote Death on the Nile, Murder on the Orient Express, the most mystery books ever written. I don't know. No, but probably pretty close. She's actually the most translated offer, author. Like wow. they've translated her books into so many different languages. There's 7,236 translations. Isn't that insane? I wouldn't have even guessed there were that many languages, which is maybe <laughs> embarrassing. So I think it's like with how many books she had. So I think like that's Mm-hmm. each book is probably translated into like a hundred different languages and then she oh. had so many books that and they were all translated mm-hmm. okay but cool. her books are just like really popular and mm-hmm. we've definitely seen a resurgence of her because like another movie starring Hercule Perot just came out yeah this like last month Haunting in Venice oh yeah um, yeah which I'm really excited to see but yeah she um, just wrote a ton of books well then great sneak peek for next week i'm very Definitely. excited i'm really excited to talk about her she's a fascinating woman well we actually did pretty good i know i'm pretty I, proud of us we remembered things even if we didn't get the answers right we remembered enough about the person to at least kind of get an idea agreed i feel like it's harder to just hear the name and try mm-hmm. and spit out a fact about him whereas this one we have like a question <laughs> Yeah, it's like triggering a <laughs> yeah. memory about it Rather all. than just be like, tell me about Beatrix Ferrand. I feel like even I would be like, wait, which one is that? Yeah, who is she again? <laughs> yeah, literally. Oh, man. All right, well, do you have any reflections? What's been your favorite part of doing the podcast this year? Ooh, 
I that's a hard thing to answer. Let me think. It is. I really loved the like everyone's been calling it like girl summer. Yeah. And it's like now it's kind of taken over football, which has been really fun. I'm fine for it. <laughs> yeah. Your but just kind of like the Barbie craze and then the Taylor Swift concerts and everything just like back to back. I think it was really fun existing in like a women led women focused space. Mm-hmm. during that time period and like getting to be part of that like our yeah. barbie episode was definitely the most popular of the year mm-hmm. and just the fact that like we did that history of barbie episode before the movie came out thinking like oh this will be fun like it doesn't matter if it's not relevant and then it ended up being like so relevant so relevant mm-hmm. <laughs> to the movie so i think that was probably like the funnest part for me this year i agree i've also found i think especially this year i've started realizing all the ways that like more than a muse either has been or like is affecting my own personal art mm-hmm. just in the sense of like all the song ideas now that i'm like getting from truly doing this podcast like song titles and like things i'm pulling from that i literally was like thinking about a future ep name and i was like oh it could be cool to like call it muse or i'm the muse and i was like no that is gonna get way too confusing <laughs> but like i was realizing that as like all the songs i'm planning on releasing next year not all of them but like I would say 80% of them, they're either an idea I pulled from this episode, like an episode, or have a line about like being a muse or anything. Yeah. So, no, I love that. It's been integrating. It's like the lines are blurred. I'm just like, oh, the podcast is just in the <laughs> art. It's all just, it's in my mind. It's on my mind constantly. Well, it's such a major part of our lives now. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, it's just uh, not even like, like, I don't have to try to think about it. Like, it just Mm-mm. happens. Because I want to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I've loved is that, like, even just writing down, like, oh, I ran into this name and then I write it down. And I don't even think about it. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, of course I'll write that down. It's a woman artist that I want to, learn to more look about. into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. So that's been really cool. Do you want to list, like, a few of your favorite episodes this year? <laughs> yeah. I did love the Bridget Bardot one. I thought that was fun. We that also did fun. an episode about, like, girls and their economic power. I thought that one was super fun as, like, a follow-up to the Barbie. And just like you talked about, like, it was the summer for girls. Mm-hmm. And I we definitely capitalized on it, talked about that. So that one was really fun. I mentioned it earlier, but we did a episode with Larissa Reinhardt about Dickie Chappelle and the book she wrote. That was another one that is a big, big favorite of mine. We did an episode about misery business, mm-hmm. um, the not like other girls syndrome. And I really, really loved that one as well. And then let me think, what other ones? Oh, this one's back from February. We did one about the way women talk. Yeah, The Valley Girl Vernacular. I, I really loved that one as well. I loved that one too. So One of my favorites was the Don't Worry Darling on Stepford Wives. <gasps> oh, yeah. That one I is another favorite one. I haven't stopped thinking about that one because it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Like the parallels between it and just like expectations of women and the Stepford Wives is such an incredible book. Yeah. so That was fun to read that book, getting ready yes. for that book. Um, another one, The Voices of the Disney Princesses. Oh, yeah, that one was very so fun. wholesome. Loved mm-hmm. it so much. We actually have a part two coming next year. So definitely look forward to that. Ooh, also, I mean, just a month ago, we talked about purity culture. Yes. And that one was a big episode for us that we'd want to talk about for a long time. So definitely. it was good to finally get that one. It wasn't off the like list. uplifting. No, but it, no. <laughs> but it was really good to talk about, and I'm glad we mm. covered it. Me too. I'm just so excited. Another year. Oh, another one. Wait, we did the chick flicks and rom-coms. Oh, yeah. 
That one was that way one was fun. fun. There's some really good ones. So if you're a new we listener. We got good content. Go check it out. Go back and listen. Mm-hmm. If you've been here the whole time, let us know what your favorites have been. And I'm really excited about this next month too. Always ready for October. This is the first week of October. So this is obviously not a spooky episode. However, moving forward. It is only spooky episodes. It's only spooky. And that's more than a muse spooky. So like you're not going to. It's not actually to go to bed at night. (laughs) No, no, no. And also the good news is there's five Mondays in October. Yes. So we will be filling that. So Mm. we've got Agatha Christie coming up. We're talking about some women behind Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. Um, Nancy Drew or Carolyn Keene or who's actually behind Mm -hmm. (laughs) Carolyn Keene. And then we're also going to be talking about one of the most popular movies, Gone Girl, and some adjacent ones to that, like Rebecca, Simple Favor. Mm-hmm. all of that and then we actually have a bonus book episode for october which i love so october is a fun month we'll have some watch parties and also i was going to mention i think we'll do like a fun thing for this episode and throw in all of these quiz questions as well as the two year previous up on like a google quiz and oh. if you want to go and take it and you score like really well no googling guys come on then um maybe we'll send you something cool that's a fun idea okay good. yeah Excellent idea. And also leave us a birthday present, which is leave us a review. Maybe share a favorite episode on an Instagram story. Share it with a friend. Every love that we get, we feel it and we're very thankful for it. So yes, we would love it. We've actually gotten some random one star reviews with no words. Just just like random one stars. (laughs) So if you're enjoying it, like go leave a review. We would love that. Um, Made someone angry with something we said. I know. I'm like, oh, probably about the Roman Empire. We got some hate comments about that. <laughs> yeah. Roman Empire was not a masculine society, guys. Guys, it was great. And we will never have a society as great as it. Apparently. <laughs> we really need to retrain our Instagram and TikTok algorithm algorithms to set, share it to the right people. I know. I don't know what ends up happening sometimes. Or we just end up with the most random people that are like, you're wrong. And I'm just like, this is not for you. Carry on. <laughs> cool. Well, we will be back next week. We will. And happy October, everyone. Happy October. See ya. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.